like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are recording early. You're hearing this as, as you usually would, but we are recording several days early and only a couple of days after we recorded our last episode from January. But this is the first of the month of February 2022, and we are looking at sad sacks. These are movies that have a sad or sappy love story to them um, for the month of February uh, as we are breaking into Valentine's time. Um I picked Carol for our first movie of this month, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to keep it kind of short tonight um, because there hasn't been much time between. Uh, So, Corey, I usually say, how you doing? But instead, I'm going to ask you a very specific question. Oh. Have you seen the trailer for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre legacy sequel that's coming to Netflix? No. So I just watched it like minutes ago um, because big tuna uh, actually messaged me earlier today and said he was uh, surprised to be telling me that he was excited for the the sequel. Um, It's doing the legacy sequel thing. It's erasing every other Texas Chainsaw Massacre except for Toby Hooper's original. Okay. So it's the legacy sequel like uh, Halloween just did and so on. Um, But I don't know if you know this, but big tuna and I often, uh, sometimes we see very eye to eye on movies. Sometimes we are very on different ends of movies. Um, but rarely have we seen eye to eye on a majorly hot take like this. And that he and I don't like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh my God. Uh, which I know you do. And we, you and I have had this similarity with some of our, the big horror movies that we went to. Like neither of us were big fans of Suspiria. We didn't yeah. like Phantasm. Um, no. So, We've done this before, but Sean and I usually don't with these big like classics. Like often we are either on the same page with the rest of everybody else, or we have different opinions. Like I think he does like Suspiria. Um, so I was kind of excited to find that because it's not like I don't hate it, but I also don't understand why so many people like it. I, I this is so fun. <laughs> um, see, I did I didn't find it fun at all, and I found it I found some of it to be kind of cheesy, and like I I didn't like a lot of it, and I've only seen it in its entirety once, I think, and you know, it was enough for me. Like I'm like I don't really want to revisit this. I kind of do now though, because I'm actually also hyped for this trailer. Um, one Elsie Fisher is in it, and she's the from eighth grade. Oh yeah, and I haven't really seen her in anything else, so I'm like, oh cool, a uh, 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 cool opportunity. She- um, must play just like so the premise because this is uh doing much like the the halloween legacy sequel in that time has passed since the events mm. of the first movie so the sally harkin is that the character's name mm, the maybe. survivor of texas chainsaw is now 50 years later uh. and leatherface has returned apparently has been off the radar and she is goes back into the town to hunt him it looks like but there's a bunch of new people into this like weird town where he's hunting them. And there's some wild scenes in the trailer already. Um, it, it looks pretty good. It's, it is a Netflix original too. So it will be available for anyone with Netflix. Uh, I, I didn't actually 
I was too excited. I didn't look at the dates. I don't know when it's coming out. I was just like, out, when is it coming out? But <laughs> it, soon, uh, like I would say in the next couple of months, but, um, but yeah, it actually looks really solid and um, interesting because, you know, they've had a lot of various type sequels. I think they maybe even tried to reboot it once. Um, it's just nothing's ever really stuck or landed except for that first movie that does have obviously a big fan following. And I know some people think that is like the horror movie, like number one with a bullet uh, or with the chainsaw. It is not mine, um, but I am kind of hyped on this trailer. And honestly, some oh. of what they show in the trailer looks more like um, what I think they should have done with Halloween uh, and that they kind of, they alluded to, and then they really didn't do like, this feels a little more like Sally's like taking it to Leatherface rather than waiting for Leatherface to come to her. Whoa. So I'm looking it up. So it looks like it's supposed to be released February 18th and stories by Fetty, 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 Fetty Fetty Alvarez. Alvarez. Didn't he write like the evil dead remake? He did. Also, okay. don't breathe. Well, he yeah. directed those. Sorry. Yes, and you and you and I don't like don't breathe. But he didn't. No, but his... I did like Evil Dead. Yes, uh, the Evil Dead remake, solid. Um, and this is uh, he is producing. Um, I think not, which doesn't oh, necessarily I it was mean directing. Oh no, story. I mean, yeah. Oh, he might have done story too, but stories a story credit's pretty loose because that could just be like, mm. what if this is fifty years later? Like you can get a story. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't it doesn't mean he's super involved with the oh. screenplay or the script. It, it, it could mean it he is. Story, That's, by? It's, story by story is not a structured screenplay. So story credit could be a lot of variations on how you get it. Um, especially if you're a producer on the film, story credit could just be like an outline or a summary of what the, like the synopsis, essentially the screenplay credit is like, I wrote it and structured it in the way that you are now seeing it on screen. A story credit is just, you're getting credit for the general idea Again, sometimes story oh, credit too is like if you wrote the first movie of a series and like they continue to use your characters, you'll get a story by credit because they're using stuff that you created in the first film. Um, but you're not actually getting a screenplay credit because you didn't write the screenplay. So it, there's a lot of rules and things that go into how you get a credit for what. Um, so I don't know how involved he is. I mean, I'm sure there's probably interviews or something where he talks about what he did, but. I also feel like everyone probably thinks I'm a psycho that I called Texas Chainsaw Massacre fun. Here we are. I, I don't think so. I think a lot of horror fans find horror movies fun. And I, I find a lot of horror films fun. I just, Texas Chainsaw is, for me, it's, it's just it's, so wacky. It's so wild. I don't know. But it's like wild in ways that make me uncomfortable. And so I totally, again, it's not, a, <laughs> that's just, from my taste, that's how I feel about it. It was not the fun it could be if I rewatch it now, I'm more into horror now than when I saw it. Like that was, I've watched a lot of horror over the last couple of years and I've really come to appreciate the genre um, where it used to be more of like certain movies would click for me. But generally I, I wasn't a fan where I'm actively now like really enjoying watching horror movies. Like uh, I went through that October this year with the 31 and I, I was like kind of bummed when the month was over. Cause I was like, I kind of just want to keep watching horror movies. Like there's not, um, there's so many that I haven't yeah. seen, and there's uh, like I just watched the platform um right before this, mm. which I was gonna watch in when it came out in 2019, uh, but it was in the middle of the pandemic, and we had been doing Bantpocalypse, and I was like really depressed because of it, so I was just like I don't want more sad stuff. I needed something like not that way, and so I put it off, forgot about it, and then I have this happened a couple weeks ago. Um, 
two different people in two different classes today asked me if I'd ever seen the platform. I'm like, well, that seems like mm. a sign that it just randomly came up. And then to like cement it, I was looking for a movie that I could watch from between eight o'clock and recording tonight. And so I was like, it's gotta be like 90 minutes. And I looked up, I'm like, Oh, it's 92 minutes. All right. That's the movie. I feel like that's something that the genre gets right. A lot of times is it's like so many of them are right at like an hour and a half. I'd say a lot of the good ones, especially, I mean, there's obviously exceptions like the shining at two hours. I would watch the shining for probably another half an hour if they, if it was in that same quality. Um, Mm -hmm. And there, but yeah, I'd say more often than not, there is a lot of good horror. Um, Hour and 21 minutes. This new one. The oh, that's two hours is a little scary. Who knows? No, one, it, one hour and twenty one minutes. Oh 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 oh, sorry, I was thinking one hundred and twenty minutes. My bad. No, uh, sorry. No, that's that's spot on. Um, like what we were saying. So, uh, we're not doing what we've been watching tonight. Uh, we or like even <laughs> how we're doing because it's only been a couple of days since we recorded. I do want to say though, I did get to see what might be the best movie of twenty twenty two. Um, already. It's uh, early. I know, but I feel pretty confident. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out that I want to see, too. So, like, I could easily be forgetting all about this movie. But um, Sundance ended this weekend, and uh, their awards went. Um, and so after the awards, they reissued tickets to some of the movies that won. And I was oh. able to catch uh, Cha-Cha Real Smooth. And um, I, I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, Apple TV bought it, so it will be coming to the Apple TV uh, Plus at some point this year. Dakota Johnson. Um, who continues to impress me. Uh, obviously, we all really became aware of her in Fifty Shades, and she's not good in those movies. But, man, she's done some great work uh, in this movie in particular. Uh, she's not the lead, though. She is the the lead actress, but the lead is the, the director, actually, as well. This is his second film. Um, I'm not going to remember his name because I actually was not familiar. I I immediately pegged him as he's like high energy Adam Scott, like a lot of the same kind of mannerisms, but um, he's got like a heightened quality about him, like as if he's like hyped up on sugar kind of thing. Um, But not too much. Like, I don't want to like, I don't know. The dude's got the right balance of comedy and charm. Um, I laughed really hard at many scenes in that film, but I also cried several times because it's just got this amazing tone and sentimentality. It's a coming of age story, which I already tend to like, but um, I was sitting uh, after the movie and I was talking to Kathy and like, I was thinking about stuff in the movie and I would like start tearing up again. Um, And not, not sad tears, like some sad, some happy. It's just a a fantastic movie. Last year, my favorite film was Coda, uh, which was also on Apple TV plus that premiered at Sundance. So I don't know if it's just a pattern now, like cha-cha real smooth right now. I, I would say it would be really impressive for a movie to, to do as much as that movie did, where I was, again, laughing hit, like loud. Like I was really, really laughing and then also crying and just loving the people in the film. Um, there's so many little things. There's these key moments. Leslie Mann plays his mother. Um, I, I often like her. She's really good at hitting a balance of comedy and sentimentality. And she, is just on fire in this movie too. I really, really recommend it listeners. Uh, that's the only reason I'm talking about it. Uh, add it to your watch list. Um, you know, if you use letterbox or IMDb, or if you just keep a note of movies you want to see that are coming out this year at some point, it will be on Apple TV plus 
um, and you will definitely want to watch it. Cha cha, real smooth. Yes, those are words from a song that is part of the joke. Uh, it's it's connected very loosely to the plot. I don't believe that song's ever used uh, in the movie, but it, it has some. You it makes sense when you see it, even how the movie opens. Why that's the name of the movie, um, but. That's it. Unless uh, there's anything you wanted to drop before we get into our review of Carol. No. All right. So let's check the stats. Carol 2015 um, has a 7.3 IMDb user rating and a 94 Metascore. Um, an aspiring photographer develops an intimate relationship with an older woman in the 1950s New York. Directed by Todd Haynes. Written by Phyllis Nat- uh, Nagy and Patricia Highsmith. Uh, well, based on the novel. Um, stars. We got some big names here. We got... Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara, Sarah Paulson as our big three. Add in Kyle Chandler, Jake Lacey, uh, John Magaro, and pretty much no one else super famous. Um, I'm looking, scrolling through. It felt like there might have been one or two more people that I recognized, but I guess not. Um, I had never seen this before, but uh, it had been on my radar for quite a long time, um, partly because uh, it did get some Oscar love. Um, it was. It did not get any wins, but it was nominated for Best Actress for Kate Blanchett, Best Supporting Actress for Rooney Mara, uh, Best Writing from Ad- Adapted Screenplay for Phyllis Nagy or Nagy. So, so not sure. Best Cinematography, which makes sense. This movie is pretty gorgeous. Um, costume design is fantastic, and achievement in score um, for Carter Bur- Burwell. Um, I don't remember. Corey, had you seen this? Yes, one time before. So I, my wife had seen this, um, and uh-huh. that's unusual for her to see a movie, uh, that I miss. And, um, I would have been, I'm really surprised I didn't watch this w- around the time of the Oscars that year. Cause that it comes out in 2015, but I start Burke reviews that January of 2016, which means this would have been an Oscar buzz when I was like deep into like watching everything I possibly could kind of thing. And, uh, somehow I still did not see this, um, I, I have owned it for quite a while and it's been on my list. I just never got there. Um, but I did watch it. Um, in fact, I watched it with Kathy, which doesn't happen very often either where we actually sit and watch a movie together. Um, in some ways I think that hurt my experience because I'm in a different, uh, environment. Like I'm a little further away mm-hmm. from TV. Uh, the dogs were like, Hey, you're out here and like wanting attention too. um, and yeah, it just like it, like usually when I'm watching a movie, especially for this, I am in a chair that's like five feet away from the TV and the TV mostly has my attention. Um, in the, our living room setup, I'm like 15 feet away. It's probably not even, there's no way it's 15 feet. Our room's not that big. Uh, maybe eight feet away. Feels farther. TV seems a little smaller. It's, I, it's even, it's down low compared to like, like usually I'm like eye level with the TV and it's like down a little lower. So I don't know. I felt like I wasn't as engrossed uh, with the process as I normally would be. Um, And I think that could have kept me from really like a hundred percent embracing this film. I did like it. Um, I, I have, I'm a huge fan of everyone in this basically like Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett are two actresses who I instantly am like, Oh, they're in this. I'm down. Let's watch it. You know? And uh, Sarah Paulson, I'm a big fan. I don't think everything she has chosen has been great. Um, but I think she's a really good actress. It's just like sometimes she picks some very questionable roles, but it's work. So I don't blame her. Like it's just, some, you know, I've seen her in a lot less stuff that I've loved where like Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara, I tend to like most of the movies I've seen them in. I can't, I can't think of one 
that I really didn't like. Um, there's been some I didn't love, but I can't think of one I didn't like. Um, in fact, if uh, they were both just in Nightmare Alley as well, so a little fun um, duo. But um, I really like this movie. I think it's uh, it's gorgeous again, um, and it's it's tough. There's some uh, Kyle um, is it Chandler? I always mess up his name. Um, yeah, Kyle Chandler. I like him as an actor. Uh, I don't like his character in this movie. Uh, there's some actually. I guess men in general in this movie suck. Um, they they all kind mm. of make me un- uncomfortable a lot and. Uh, it's not a criticism of the movie. I was just like, God, man, stop being awful, please. Like for five seconds, you know, can you not try to control these women's lives and, and livelihoods? Um, and they're like, nope. No. Yeah. They're like, nope, we're going to make yeah. it worse. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Please. It's the fifties. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the fifties and women are supposed to be our objects. Um, how dare they have other interests outside of us? And it is uh, endlessly aggravating. Aspirations? Yeah. Aspirations. How dare you? How dare you aspire Interest. to be anything? Yeah. Um, and like what you try to do things the right way, but I won't allow it. What? Uh, no, mm. nonsense. Um, yeah, but, uh, I thought the two of them, Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett just give such tremendous performances. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, what is your thoughts, Corey? Second time watching it. Um, I had actually forgotten quite a bit about it. I had forgotten how the movie ended even. Um, mm. yeah, so a lot of it was kind of new because I can't remember when I watched this. It's been quite a while. Um, I mean, it's seven years old now. Yeah. So I can't remember what prompted me to watch it. Sometimes I'll just be like, oh yeah, let's watch this, you know? Um, but totally agreed. They are both amazing. Um, I, I like a good slow burn, you know? I mean, this is not obviously an action-packed movie it doesn't move very quickly it you know sits with the characters i um very beautiful i yeah i like it a lot so that is our spoiler free section of this uh because we're keeping this episode short we're going to jump into spoilers um so court guys from here on out we're going to talk about this movie in great detail you have been warned I mean, as great detail as my memory will allow and this Wikipedia entry of the plot. Um, so it starts with a framing device uh, where we are a- at dinner with them after they already have had a relationship. Or at least that's you don't know that when you start the movie, but it it becomes clear later. Um, I, I'm right with that, right? It's a, I, I yeah. forgot to mention a little drama that happened. So we have a Blu-ray player in the living room. But the remote was missing. So I put the disc in thinking, okay, well, there's a play button on the device, so I'll be able to at least hit play. For some reason, it jumped to the special features. And I had no way to get out of the special features. So, like, I'm trying to find the remote, can't find the remote. Then I'm like, well, we have universal remote. I'll just program that to work on the Blu-ray player. That took way longer than it should have like and there were times because it's a it's a blu-ray player that was is also connectable to a surround sound system so it's also technically an audio receiver and i had to try like a hundred different codes to find one that actually controlled the blu-ray component of it like some like i could see like a little light flicking to indicate that it was receiving the remote but it wasn't letting me control everything like it would let one channel it would let me control like the volume only on the blu-ray and then it would let me like switch the inputs, but it wouldn't let me control like the the menus or anything. So I was just like, oh my god! So 
by the time I actually got to the movie, I was probably 30 minutes into frustration, which mm. then was in my weird scenario again, where I was sitting where I don't usually sit to watch movies like this. And the dogs were wanting attention. And then there was some snacking because it was Saturday night. And we had some snacks and that also, you know, like pretzel bites, which reminded me of being at Muggs movies in a cool way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, like, they're really good. And I was definitely like, mm, these pretzel pies are delicious. What just happened on screen? You know, so all of those things definitely took me out of the movie a little bit. Where When I started talking about that framing device, because I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and they're, they've just listed the plot in story order. But they did not include that the movie starts with the framing device of them having dinner and the guy coming up and then uh, Carol mm-hmm. walking away. And you don't really know why. And then we cut to um, Rooney Mara in the car. And then that fades into the their meeting, and then we get their actual story. So, um, I got worried for a second that I had like like wait maybe it didn't start there, but that was the special feature that started, and I meshed them all together because again I did see like a behind the scenes entry up from the disc before I saw the movie. I still can't for the life of me figure out why it would have done that. Um, because that disc has never been in that Blu-ray player, so it can't be like oh this is where you left off last time. Like no. Never been in that that particular Blu-ray player for sure. And so I don't know. It was re- really weird because most discs don't start with the special features. I was so thrown that I was wondering if I only had like the bonus disc or something. Like I bought like because I probably got it at a thrift store. Um, mm. And I was like, oh, crap. Did I get like the one disc that's only the bonus features? But no, it was the full disc. It just glitched. Um, so, yeah, that was a that was a whole thing. Anywho, listener. Um, I. uh I really love their dynamics. I think every scene where they they are together, they play off each other so well. Um, I also, I love Sarah Paulson's uh, scenes, especially when uh, Kyle Chandler goes to her, her house to like, oh. get her. And she's just like, not having his crap. Like, she's like, first of all, you don't know what you're talking about. Second of all, you're not in charge here. Like you're not the boss. And Oh yeah. His name sucks in this movie. The Harge Harge. Like, I'm like, what is, that's not a name. Whose name well, is that? Well, their daughter's name is Rindy, which is also weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, anyone who's listening that's name is Rindy or Harge. But they're not easy names to say. No, especially Harge. That's like, Rindy even sounds like it's like a nickname to me. Like, I don't know of what. I can't think of what the full name would have been. Linda, maybe? I don't know. Oh, there's a name. Um, But like, Harge is like, <laughs> What? What are you even saying, Harge? Um, like, anywho. <laughs> anywho. Um, I think that it's, I don't know, <laughs> their, their relationship is very interesting. So am I understanding correctly that she began her relationship with Sarah Paulson's character while she was already married to Harge, Harge and then ended it? Like, I they've been so. friends for a very long time since they were children. Right. So they definitely reference that they've like always known each other. So I don't know for sure, like at what point the relationship started because it's definitely, they're in the time where like you would have maybe even married for image or like, you know, security kind of thing. Um, and, and kept your, you know, your, your, uh, other relationships to like, for your actual sexual orientation, your sexual preference, um, because of images and whatnot and even opportunities, right? Like she's there, there she's, there's definitely a socialite vibe to her, right? Like that. She's kind of the life of the party, at least was the life of the party, which definitely seems to have fallen off a little, uh, as a result of, you know, her hard separating because that's not cool either. 
even though she does seem to be trying to actually separate from him, right? Like, and he's She's just like, trying, no, he won't have it. It's, right. And it's like a, it's, I feel like he does love her. And I, you know, I do feel like all of those things are true, but more, I think that his pride is wounded and he just can't even conceive, you know, her saying no to him. Yeah, it's horrible. And, um, so they go on the road trip. I, I really love the road trip sequences. Um, and then they meet that guy, Tucker. And I did not see Tommy. It's Tommy Tucker. I did not see that being what no. it turns into, that he's the private eye or uh, private investigator. And he records them having sex um, and sends it off. And so Brex, pretty much any chance Carol had of getting custody of, of Rindy, but... Uh, the big twist, I think, was with her, like, giving up Rindy uh, in order to, like, you know, with the with the caveat of, like, let me have some access to her. But um, her lawyer is obviously really upset. I'm like, no, but she's just, like, done with everything. I don't feel like she could win after having that recording, no, you know, agreed. made. I don't think, and I think that, I love when she's, you know, she's, like, overcome by emotion obviously in that scene but she's like this is making us ugly people and we're not ugly people and yeah. i think that that finally gets through to him that he's just being terrible because even if your relationship isn't going to work out or anything that is the mother of your child like and he clearly loves her or at yeah. least something i don't i, I don't I know think it's hard he to loved say. her but yeah but why i guess because like is it like a is it again like having the nice car kind of like love you know like you're the pretty woman that i picked so you, you have to be mine like you can't not be mine because i get what i want kind of like love you know what i mean like it's hard to tell if his love's genuine love like what we see with carol and i keep i, I can't remember uh rudy mara's character's name Sigma. it's because it's also a weird name therese yeah yeah but it's spelled therese guys i know and i was like the whole time like are they saying it wrong because like i, I had <laughs> After the <laughs> I had the subtitles on because the first um, part I didn't have the subtitles on because again I was already struggling with the Blu-ray player so I was just like fine fine <laughs> but then like I couldn't hear it I'm like okay I have to have subtitles or I'm gonna it was so quiet so it is really qu right yes the music's not but the dialogue and stuff was and I'm like okay I gotta have subtitles for this movie especially again in a different scenario room than I normally am in so it was already quiet and Kathy has dog ears so like anything if it's too loud she oh would get mad gosh. at me. So I'm wow. like, okay, I am not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to hear this movie if I don't have subtitles. So like, I I did get them on, and then I was like, uh, well, that's I don't know how to say that that word. Like, it looks like the rest. Um, like it's. So yeah, uh, the names in this movie definitely throw me off for sure. But um, but uh, that it, when we, one of the first movies we did for this podcast was the hand the handmaiden. Oh um, yeah. And it was very sexually graphic, and uh, but we we all like felt that it was earned, right? Like when when the two of women finally had sex in that that like there had been so much tension build up that it was like okay, yeah, like this scene is totally justified. And I, I also felt like that with this movie when it got to them finally having sex, there had been so much tension and patience and. You know, like they clearly had love for each other, but there was this apprehension. Um, I think one Carol knowing that Harge was like looming over them, but also like I think Therese, like it's 
she's clearly into Carol, but Carol is the first woman that she's loved, you know, and, she, and so she's there's all the stigmas I think that come from that. So there's this apprehension about her, and when it finally like hits, like it hits, and you're just like, yes, th- this is love. Like you see the passion. I could see so many, so many things about this making her unsure. Like they are from different classes, big time. Yes, um, yeah. age, obviously. Ages. But my thing, there's something about Kate Blanchett that she's like this ethereal, like. She just like transcends time to me. Like I, I didn't, I couldn't ever place how old she's supposed to be in this movie because I know she's older, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's, you know, Therese is like twenty one, I think, and then I think I was reading that Carol's like in her early thirties or something. She seems older to me, but also thirty seems appropriate. It's just so hard to. You know, I just can see where this would all be very, you know, it's. And and she technically has a fiance, kind of, um, Richard, uh, who is played by Jake Lacey, um, who people might know as, um, oh, what what was his nickname on the. (laughs) Oh, I don't um, remember his Ed Helms calls him something else, though, because he has the relationship with Aaron. So, like, Ed Helms is always really disrespectful to him. Um, it's, I can't think what it is, uh, but Pete, yeah, there's something about, I like him and I also hate him. Like there's just something like, he has a very punchable face to me, like as a, as an actor, like he's just like, you're like, you seem all right, but there's something about you that seems like a little too arrogant, a little too cocky and you're not cool enough to be that. You think you're, yeah, you think you're more important than you are and it's pop. Yes. And we see it. It's on your face as plop. That is it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had to Google um, it. And, like, he's totally that here, right? Like, he's, like, a jerk to her. He even, like, catches on that she has a crush on Carol, calls her out on it, but is, like, kind of belittling her and, like, not threatening per se, but he's definitely, like, what are you gonna just, like, run off with your crush? And, like, almost, like, the, the people won't accept that. You can't be with a woman kind of thing. And... He never outright says it, but it's definitely like kind of the attitude and tone that he's giving her. And man, I I was so happy when she finally l- left that guy because she clearly wasn't into him. Like even even if well, she he was wanted straight, to marry her and yeah, all but, kinds of stuff. But even like um, I I get the vibe that she was a virgin. Yes, I do like, too. Completely, and he had had sex and apparently told her about the sex that he'd had before, which is like real smooth move there, guy. You know, like. Cause there's a whole conversation where she's like, what about the other girls? And he's like, oh, it was just sex or something like that. And you're like, Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I was really happy for her to get away from him. Cause even like the one guy tries to kiss her. Like he brings her to the New York times <sighs> and like he kisses her in a really awkward way. It, oddly, he's like cool the rest of the time. Like he's way cooler than most of the other guys. He's awful there. Like I hate when he kissed her. I was like, dude, that's not okay. You're friends with her boyfriend. Yeah, and you like you brought her like under a d- different pretense. And now you're making a move on her. Like that's it's dirty. Like it's yeah. yeah but then creep. later he's like uh, again he's uh, he's still kind of a jerk because he's like, well, that didn't mean anything. It's like, dude, dude, you stop. A like, word, but yeah, he did, but. At the same time, he doesn't make another move. You know what I'm saying? So at least, like, he's he he did stop. Like, he didn't keep pushing it or, like, threatening her. Or, like, oh, you can't work here if you don't, like, be with me. Mm. So 
at least it's not as gross as it could have been. But, um, but yeah, again, the, the, and I, I, I could see some people going, Oh, the men in this are depicted terribly. How awful. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the men in this are awful. And probably an accurate representation of how men treated women in the fifties in, in a lot of ways, even again, I think heightened for the sake of like, cause these men represent like men, you know, like that uh, Carol and, and Therese, or that's not how you say her name is. Therese. Therese. I, I will never get that. It sounds so <laughs> weird to me. Therese. I can't um, remember what she said. Her name is. It's not American. I can't remember. Cause she had that conversation with Carol, but. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was probably before I had the, uh, that's like the ver- their first meeting when she's buying the train set. Um, th- they go to lunch afterwards, I think. Yes. Like, I, I just think that like this, this whole relationship could have just been stopped dead in its tracks. And I mean, then we wouldn't have a movie, but you know what I mean? Like there were just so many things that went into them, you know, furthering this relationship. Like she forgot her gloves at the department store did she do that on purpose i don't know i mean i and think then so but therese put them in the mail and then they met for lunch and you know can you imagine like living in first of all i would like to talk about how this was in the 50s but um therese seemed to work at a uh toy counter maybe for the holidays you know at a department store and she she is able to afford her own apartment in new york city and then one of their first meetings is she goes to Carol's house and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful mansion in New Jersey. Yeah. And they just like roll up like no big mm-hmm. deal. I just, the dynamics also, can I, I old school department stores were so elegant. Yeah. Like they I, wanted I your money. Right. But like, also like it's, it's like several floors. It's never just like one floor. I'm granted Mm-mm. they're often in New York and that's, how New York is kind of structured, right? Everything has to go up, not wide. Where yeah. here in Florida, everything's just wide, right? Like it's just, we have acres of land. So we'll just build a gigantic Walmart that you have to traipse through. But everything like you see like uh miracle on 34th street and you get, you get to see what Macy's look like in that. And then I don't know. Um, it just, it, it feels like such an experience to go to the department store. Even when they open, like the first time you see everyone kind of like traipsing through, and they just look like they're like marveling at all the stuff in the way the toys are like presented or it's so elegant. And um, the the one woman who she works with is just really rude for no real reason. Like she's just so angry that she gets the phone call from Carol. And it's like, that's like, calm down lady. Like, who are you? Like, and that she's like not in the rest of the movie. So there's no like long-term conflict to be established. She's just awful for like the one oh, scene. No. Um, like, okay. Lady. Couldn't be bothered with a job anymore. Okay. Fair she just i was just like okay so homie she's like i've got my rent paid through february or something so i'm going on this trip to like you know no so, consequences with the job <laughs> apologies um so the end uh carol reaches out to Ther- therese and um they have a meal and they they're they're talking. It's it's very awkward. And she's you know basically, uh, I love you. And then Jack shows up, and Carol leaves. A very I mean could not be more. Again, you just see that that socialite in her that she doesn't like. You know she's devastated and she's not like letting it show. And she's very polite yeah. to Jack, and um, she gets up, 
yeah, she gets up and says goodbye, and she's very, very civil. And it looks like that's going to be the end. And I love that it ends differently. That, um, you know, uh, she leaves that party, especially after. I kind of didn't understand why that who what the one girl's deal was that she kind of like comes at Therese and is like, you're so and so, right? You know how I know that? And I'm just like, I don't know how you know that. Who who are you? I don't know what's happening. And then um, Therese just leaves the party and goes to find Carol. And I love that it ends with a little bit of ambiguity. Like, I, I think we can assume that they end up together forever. But yeah, I think so. I think they're going to move into that apartment that she got up on wherever and. I like that it ends that way because she pretty much broke Teresa's heart. And after that trip, she just leaves her on the trip pretty much. And then, you know, doesn't talk to her when she calls and things like that. And I wonder too, if that's why she gave up custody of Rindy, like full-time custody of Rindy's because she can't live. She can't her be. Life. Yeah. I think so. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and she doesn't maybe want her daughter around it and then people talking badly. I don't really know. but I think there's some level of like trying to protect Rindy, um, protecting both Harj and and her reputations, because if if she's if it's a big public scandal, people are always going to be like, like stalking her. She can't live her life where mm-hmm. her and Therese can potentially live a quiet life, you know, now because there's not like I don't think it would have been called paparazzi at the time, but there's not going to be like news reporters hunting Carol down to talk about their, you know, the scandal or whatever. Um, so in theory, she can just kind of quietly have her relationship with Therese, even if they have to just be like best friends or like, you know, cousins. I feel like that was a common like yeah. lie um, that homosexual couples had to tell. Remember that we watched that one documentary yep. with the two women, like, and that was basically like they had lied about their relationship status, like that they were just, roommates or whatever um because they couldn't be open and honest with everybody um i forget what that was called but it was a very sweet and loving documentary um which we did for the show probably two or three years ago and um i think that all women baseball teams during the war wasn't yes it it, that was the one of the one of the the women played for the all women's baseball team correct yeah um but yeah, I, lo- I love the end of this film. I, th- I thought it was super sweet. Um, I am glad we get at least some confirmation that they are going to be. I think they're going to be together, obviously. Uh, moving in. Yeah, like the smile that and the fact that Ther- Therese came and she's not Carol's not bitter that she didn't come right away or that she had you know initially denied her. Um, and that I also like that Therese did initially turn her away. That to me makes her decision to go to her well thought out as opposed to not just a reaction, right? Like here's the opportunity. She's like playing it safe. Like you hurt me once before. I'm not ready to just trust you again, but with a little bit of time, she's like, but I do love her still. Like I'm not willing to, to not try. And so it's, that's sweet. It's loving. Um, this is a movie. I, I would like to rewatch this and be able to truly give it my hundred percent. Um, I think I would I would love it even more because there's there's so much to love. The performances are great. It, it's such a sweet love story. Um, definitely one if you haven't seen uh, and you're listening to this, well, you know what happens, but you should still watch it because it's really good. Because again, the performances are going to sell the story so much more than us talking about it. Um, yeah, anything else you wanted to mention or say? Then uh, as we usually end this, um, I'm I'm going to say must see film. Oh, I'm going to say the same. 
and it, it's not streaming for free anywhere right now, but it is, uh, a, you know, available to buy or rent on most of the streaming, like, rental platforms. So you can go that route or always order a DVD or Blu-ray. Um, but in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on social media. I forgot to say, next week, um, mm-hmm. sorry, folks, we're going to be watching Brooklyn, um, another Oscar love story. Uh, this one with Saoirse Ronan. And um, Dom Gleason. I forget who the other love triangle guy is. Because um, there is like a love triangle, if I recall correctly. Um, I really liked this film when I saw it the first time. So I am actually excited to come back to it. Uh, oh, I, I don't know who that guy is. Emery Cohen. Jim Broadbent's in this too. Um, no one else that really's name is popping. I feel like there was at least one more person who I was like, oh yeah, and that, that person's in it. But Saoirse Ronan's the lead. That's the important thing here. Um, Directed by John Crowley, who I have only seen this movie from his stuff. So, got not much. Oh, ooh, he directed The Goldfinch that did not do well um, a couple years ago, right before the pandemic. But we'll be watching Brooklyn. Um, it is currently not streaming on anything unless you have it on VOD or buy it on VOD. Um, so, those are your current options for Brooklyn. Uh, in the meantime, you can tell us what you thought about Carol or what you thought about Brooklyn by reaching out to us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey Arsar, two R's on the end. And if you like what we're doing here at Movie Club, we ask that you rate and review the podcast on whatever podcast catcher you are using. It helps other listeners find us. Um, but until next time, keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com <laughs>